Welcome to Sing Double. I'm your host, Bradford Barth. And I'm your co-host, Stephanie Kretz. And I'm your other host, Bradford Barth. And I'm your last host, Bradford Barth. And, uh, hi. Good. This week we're doing multiplicity. (laughs) Indeed we are. Indeed we are. And I made Brad, (laughs) I requested Brad take the reins this week because... I've only seen the second half of this movie a long time ago, and I I figured he probably likes this movie a lot, and I thought he would be a better it is, summary or discusser person for it. It is a movie I do enjoy. I kind of I find it kind of funny. I like uh, Keaton, so Michael Keaton's good. I yes. like him too. So I don't mind doing this. Good. So let's get started. Yeah, I did want to say that. When I was talking about this with um, Caitlin last night about how we we're going to do multiplicity, and she was like, is that that movie that had the guy that was just on the cover, and he was there was just like four of him? And I was like, yeah, that's what I always remembered about this movie was seeing the VHS cover <laughs> at Blockbuster with the four Michael Keatons all in a line, like a conga hold yep. on, uh, what's her face? Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell, yep. Yep. That's all. Go ahead. <laughs> so the movie starts out with the credits going um, and multiple <laughs> names of Michael Keaton and Andy McDowell. Which is weird reading. because there's o- only Michael Keaton is the one that's close. Yeah, I was going to say that how, you know, they didn't need to do Andy McDowell four times. You don't have to talk like this the whole time. Brad number three. <laughs> well, you know, I just... I figured, you know, they're used to you telling the plot, so I thought I'd oh, you're being ease me. them into it. <laughs> With a feminine voice, which is I, bad. I don't know if I want it or not. Oh, dearie. <laughs> that's better. All right. So, yep, that's how Please the continue. That's how the uh, credits start out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're getting flybys of L.A., which is where they live in this movie. And our first scene of cool, meeting. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to that part. <laughs> well. It's probably, I know that because from my notes from, uh, from, uh, Wikipedia. Well, yeah. Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. Anywho, we meet Doug, our main character, uh, arriving at a job and, uh, they are tearing up a driveway to redo a driveway. And he comes in and says, oh, I see you, you, you got the driveway down. And the guy's name is Richard played by, uh, by uh, Eugene, Levy. Eugene Levy, yep. And he's like, yep. He goes, we're just getting ready to get things going. He's like, yeah, it's good, good. Except for you're doing the wrong driveway. And Eugene, those numbskulls. Yeah, Eugene Levy was pretty. Uh, he's like, what, what? And it was like the next door neighbor they were supposed to do. And then Eugene starts going into his whole spiel about how uh, this is going to cost somebody, and he's kind of hit hard with uh, some debts and not whatnot, and he can't, you know take this hit and Mm -hmm. michael says don't worry we'll take care of it you're going to do both driveways and basically the company he works for is going to eat this mistake that's a bummer yes so this is we're meeting doug and things are already going bad for him he's having a no good very bad day 
Yes. Then we see a uh, next thing. He's in the, uh, at, at the office. And, uh, he is, uh, getting hit from all sides about different projects that they're working on. Uh, he works for Delray Construction. I'm assuming he's one of the partners. I mean, that's at least the feeling I got from or watching the movie. At least some sort of project manager. Yes. And uh, his wife calls him and, and obviously complaining about something, which we find out from his end of the conversation, is the water heater that he's been meaning to look at. And what a nag, right? <laughs> what, hey, that's not <laughs> nice, Stephanie. I'm just trying to add the colorful witty commentary. <laughs> So anyway, um, and then we meet Ted, who is, uh, I'm assuming, another new partner who makes a crack about, uh, as long as you're doing free driveways, how about you come by my house and do one? (laughs) So we don't like Ted. No, we don't. Ted's kind of a mean I don't even remember who Ted is. (laughs) (laughs) He's only really in two scenes in the movie. Maybe three scenes in the movie. Is he in the one where they're walking through the building later? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, then I think I know who Ted is. Yes. All right. Continue. And um, Sorry. Ted uh, has an eye. So Dell, who's the owner or the namesake of the company, uh, wants to talk to Doug about what happened in the morning with uh, Richard, Eugene's character. And uh, Ted comes over and he makes a suggestion about how they can get things to be a little better. And he says from his previous job, they had him a saying that was, if you don't come in on Saturday, don't bother coming in. Or if you, if you don't come in on Saturday, don't bother coming in on Sunday. And Doug's like, you're suggesting we work weekends? And he's like, well, yeah, because we got to get all this work done. Psh. Yeah. What a jerk. We don't like Ted. Ted sucks. And then do we go home? Then we go home. And his And it's wife. late. And Laura, his Laura. wife, and son Zach are playing with dinosaur cards, and then I started paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so see that you do have something in this movie you like, uh-huh. because there's cute. dinos. It was cute. They were talking about the different kinds. They were talking about the different kinds, and Laura's kind of upset with uh, Doug because he tells her, uh, she tells him that he missed. Campfire Girls, and then Doug makes a funny joke about, I've, I've told you I'm not in Campfire Girls, I'm a brownie. Oh. <laughs> and that's when she says it was the graduation, and he was supposed to be there, and he missed it, and it's all the other important. dads were there. Speaking as a former Girl Scout, yep. that is a very important thing. Is it? Even I the think. divorced parents were there, which oh, was something snap. she said, and the lesbian couple as well. Damn, Doug, dropping the ball. Yeah, he did drop the ball hard. So um, he asks where his daughter is, and of course his wife has to make a crack back and says she's in the den drinking. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that made me laugh. But know that she's in bed, so Doug, not wanting to wake her up, decides he's going to lay down and tell him his wife about his day and how uh, the mess up with the driveway, and they had to fire our Richard. I think Del, Del fired Richard from the job. But no, don't worry, they got a new guy to do it. And uh, and she's like, oh yeah, who? And he's like, somebody you sleep with. And she goes and says, huh, the, the, was it the video store guy? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, something like that. That also made me giggle. Yeah, I like her, she's sassy. She is sassy. She throws it right back to him. Anyway, she finds out that Doug's going to be taking on a heck of a lot more work. And uh, they don't see him as it is. And um, 
can't he just say no? And he's like, you want me to not have a job? Because basically that's where we're at. This conversation made me roll my eyes a lot. I was not yeah. a fan of this conversation. This one or the well, next morning? The the one about her and the job made me angrier. Yes. So the next morning, uh, I'm assuming it's morning because Doug's having cereal. <laughs> you can uh, eat cereal anytime, Brad. You can eat cereal anytime. <laughs> no, I think it was morning because I think it was sunny outside. Yeah. So the next morning, he's, uh, she's talking on the phone with somebody and uh, we find out it's Valerie. And Valerie was her co-worker when she was still working as a real estate agent. Before she got saddled with these two kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So Kids are great. They're wonderful sometimes. Actually, the little girl was so cute because he was watching the video of her Campfire Girls yeah. thing. He did. That was before this morning, right? Yes, this, yeah. yeah, that was she that was night so when he went cute. to go to check on the water heater. Yeah. yeah, there's a little scene of him watching her graduation and, and looking upset about having missed that, actually. Yeah. And she was adorable. Continue, sorry. So, uh, Laura tells Doug that Valerie had gotten a promotion and uh, was offering her her old job because she got promoted and uh, she was thinking about going back. And Doug, of course. Being the way he was, made comments about how um, they don't have, you know, she would not be making a lot of money, they'd have to pay for more child care, uh, while she was getting herself back into the groove of doing real estate. And uh, this is when uh, Laura says, uh, you know, I'm not going back to work, am I? You told me I'd be able to go back to work, and I'm just starting now to realize and Doug loses his temper for no good reason. He crushes her dreams and then is a huge asshole. Yes. A big, her. big jerk about it. And, uh, it, yeah. I blame it on the time frame of time decade of this movie, whenever this movie was. When was this movie? The Doug? 80s. Is it the 80s? Let's see. Sometime in the 80s. Let's see if my wiki tells me here. This movie was from was 1996, actually. Oh, snap. So you fail nineties. I mean, the nineties weren't super. Yeah. So he goes, and so. he has a bit of a outrageous break. And then at the end of it, he realizes he made a mistake and he says, call the, uh, exorcist. I don't know what's up with me, but she's obviously very upset about the whole situation. And rightly so, because he basically tells her that she's, her job is to stay home and take care of the house and the kids. Yep. It's not the forties, Doug. Yeah. Come on, Doug. Get it together, Doug this movie was done in 2000 he'd be asking her when she was going back to work <laughs> i don't know about that anywho so uh where are we doot, doot, he runs doot. into the guy the professor guy yes okay so yes he's going to a job they have and um i love this scene because you know he the first thing you see is him walk in a couple of art workers watching a attractive female in a lab coat doing some filing and he goes uh are, are, are you getting paid to watch her but because you're doing a very good job of it mm-hmm. and then um, is that why you love the scene because you get to look at a lady's butt no it's not because because <laughs> it continues <laughs> then he then on the radio we have a problem down here and he's like uh you know the guy's sitting there he's like come on get up and do something so all these workers are just not working and it's like doug you get the sense that 
Doug doesn't have very good control over his crew, and he feels like he needs to be personally involved in everything. Mm -hmm. And there was a water pipe leaking, and he tells the guy to get out of the way, and in his attempt to try to fix it, he just makes it worse. And it breaks and leaks more. And that guy gets super mad. Yes, and he's throwing the pipe wrench around, knocking down some studs they put up. And uh, then we cut to him being outside with the plans he threw on the floor when he went to go try to fix the pipe, which are now drenched. He's trying to hang him over the railing to dry, <laughs> and they're ripping, and he's just... He's a hot mess. He is a hot mess. So this is when he meets uh, the doctor. I have a fun fact about the doctor. Oh, please. He is Quentin Travers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's the head of the Watchers Council. <laughs> So you're going to figure out how this is uh, all in the Buffy universe? I mean, there's, it's possible. You never know. His name is Dr. Leeds. No, it's Quentin Travers. I'm just kidding. Quentin Tra- His name is Quentin Dr. Leeds. Travers. And he tells, uh, Doug sort of vents to him, and he tells Doug that he could probably help him because he uh, makes time, and uh, he should call him. And that's the uh, next scene is Doug actually being in the office with the guy to hear his spiel and the guy tells him how you know he he makes time he makes miracles and he uh asks doug asks him what do you do here and he goes you know it's uh what what did he say i know that doug says you xerox people yeah no but that's later yes i think he's talking about how they cloned a uh, not a disease but a virus first Mm -hmm. and then he cloned a monkey and then he cloned and then his clone walks <laughs> in and this is when we find out that doug has actually met both of them because mm. the clone who was coming back from a short vacation was the person that went over the plans with doug and obviously the clone he came in to talk to was the person who uh told him to come in and he could probably help him out so they say they can help him by giving him another him because Doug is feeling like, you know, his, I think the quote was his, my job comes first, my family comes a close second, and then I'm a distant, distant third. So he feels like he never has time for himself on top of feeling guilty that he's not providing enough for his family because his job is the biggest thing that he's dealing with at the moment. Apparently the price is pretty good because he comes in to get cloned. And I like that he references the fly. Yes. When he's going to do that, because I will take any chance I can get to talk about Jeff Goldblum. Oh, hey. <laughs> you do that there. Gets, he gets very slimy in that movie. Jeff he's Goldblum? He's also really hot in the beginning. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> he's got a weird professor thing going on. Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Yes. It took me a while to admit that I, find it, that I found him attractive until he became all fly-y. Wow. That's when you found him attractive? No, I find him attractive now in his current, like, salt and pepper thing he's got going on. Oh, man. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's like, this movie would have been so much better if it was with... Oh, my God, four Jeff Goldblums. <laughs> my dream. <laughs> so, uh, everybody working in this procedure is actually clones. So, the people helping the doctor, they're two clones. And, yes. you know, Michael makes a joke about, I'm not going to come out like them. And the doctor makes a joke of, like, I hope not. And uh, they get him to lay down on a bed where he knocks his head several times on various different equipment. 
And then he's going to give him a sedative, and he's freaking out. And he's like, what's that? He goes, a sedative. It'll help you calm down. And he's like, yeah, like, that's going to work. And he's like, I want you to count down from 100. And we get our last final joke of, yeah, that's not going to help. And it's like, 100. Plunk. Nine. <laughs> and he's, he's out. I like the, the cloning process in this movie. Do you? It seemed to involve a vial of blood. Yep. A bunch of knob turning yep, in various places. Blinky um, lights. Blinky lights, a body scanner. The body um, scanner. I'm going to stop you there for one moment because there was a pretty cool thing going on with that. So oh, they yeah? have the body scanner over them, right? Uh-huh. And it's going back and forth. And on the monitors, though, you watch the oh, image come organs. up on the monitor. And then it's like it's being transferred piece by piece to the other monitor as mm. if they're building the body there. Interesting. Yeah. And then he gets printed like a Kendall. Yes, he does. With no toes, I noticed. And uh, the no famous, toes? The famous bump from our uh, episode in from Black Mirror. <laughs> Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends with a very comedy like. that comes later. Kitchen timer going off, you know, <laughs> ping! When it's all, all said done. and done. To Doug on a bed and waking up, and he asks, Did everything go okay? And then he's like, there's another Doug at the end of the bed. Yay! Yeah, and he goes, he so, yeah, how, how, how is he? And stuff like this. How is it? And he goes, oh, you're the it. So, here we find out that uh, this cloning process involves some manner of mapping your brain activity. Mm-hmm. He said it, uh, all of Doug's feelings and memories are intact up until the point of him being cloned. Yep. And to prove to the guy on the bed that he was the clone... They tattoo a number behind your ear, so he's number two. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be number two. <laughs> well, Doug was number one. Who does number two work for? Anyway. <laughs> um, so many tangents. So many references. There's a pretty funny little awkward moment where Doug's like, so, where are you from? He <laughs> gets us a little chuckle. And, uh, oh, the nice service that the doctor does is they uh, duplicate all of your identification so that your clone is basically you. Now, the one thing I want to point like out. Like social security card and stuff? Yep, driver's license, security, all your identification. He goes, now we'll make an exact copy of all your identif- identification you can get out of here. I was wondering about that at the end of the movie, anyway. The identification bit? I was wondering about social security cards and IDs and passports and stuff. Yeah, they say so. You know me, I always think about the very logical things that are going on in these movies and yeah, shows we watch. because this would never work in the end. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the one thing I wanted to point out, which is going to come in later with, with Doug itself, is that, you know, with the doctor with the two clones, uh, the one doctor didn't know that the other doctor had met Doug, so it's like, you get the, you know, they're obviously trading. Yeah, one, they one's on the clock. Now. Yeah, well, one's on the clock while the other one's off enjoying mm-hmm. life, and then while that one's back working, the other one's off enjoying life. So they they both get this nice balance of lots of vacation time while also working, which is nice. Except for that, right there, there was the first hint of they weren't keeping each other apprised of what things were happening. Right, because yeah, the doctor guy said. That, yeah, because it's up into the cloning process, but now everything will diverge, so yep. there will be no shared memories. That would be weird. From that point on. They shared everything. That makes sense, though. It does make sense, because they're two separate entities now. Exactly. So we have uh, Doug takes uh, Doug home. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Should, we're gonna let's do like number let's okay. say the number Doug takes number two yeah home. it'll either be it'll, we're gonna be like the parent trap all over again Sharon and Susan and <laughs> well they get names later which is really great <laughs> yeah so Doug takes number two home he's gonna be in they have a they have a loft <laughs> <Sorry>. over <laughs> what you remember Doug the names Doug takes number two home <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh it's not even that funny he puts them in the lofted apartment above their garage which uh was that above their garage? Yeah. I thought it was just like their guest house outside. No, the garage is right below it. Okay. And uh, number two calls it the uh, <laughs> the mold shack or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug starts throwing clothes to him that were put in storage that he's not using anymore. And he gravitates to this leather jacket that he loves. And why did he put it up here and all this stuff? And we're starting to see in that one brief moment their personalities are a little different from each mm-hmm. other. I like the number two style. Yes. I'm into that leather jacket look. That very, and the manliness of him. He's real grody and messy. Because he was, you know, very, uh, I don't know. He's gruff. He's gruff. There you go. He's a man's man. (laughs) Whatever that means. Uh (laughs) So then we pick up with Doug showing up at work and the, uh, well, we meet number two at work and everybody's surprised he's there early. Mm-hmm. But when we get back to Doug, uh, Doug walks in the door at his normal late time like he would and asking the receptionist if the meeting was going. She goes, I thought you were already in there. So we already, they never got their plan because Doug did yeah, say the night prior, well. we've got to work out what the work thing is going to be and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And uh, Doug too is very uh, way into getting things done, like way better than Doug once. So he got a lot of the working hard and getting things going traits from doug and of course that manly man bit going on whereas you know doug's a more complete picture of his personality this guy's just all of his get up and go manliness mm-hmm. true doug doesn't know what to do with himself because when he's talking to him when he calls him after having an exchange with the with the receptionist about how, oh yeah, I spilled coffee on my shirt, so I need to go out and get this other shirt. And she's like, well, shouldn't you go back to the movies? Like, yeah, but, you know, or the meeting. And she's like, yeah, but I gotta go back and put on my shirt because it's probably dry by now. So the next time you see me, I'll probably be wearing the original <laughs> shirt I was wearing before I spilled coffee on it. And you know what? You shouldn't even bother to worry about this or mention it. Just forget it ever happened. So Doug calls the office to talk to Doug. And, uh, he's gonna try to help, you know, split up the work because they have apparently four sites he needs to be at that day he's like so i'll go do this one he's like no don't worry did it one on my way in and uh what about this one that's where i'm heading out to now and uh, then i'll go to this one he's like already taken care of he goes well how about this one he's like i'm hitting that up before i hit this place i'm going to to do this so it's like doug two is like really 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 efficient he gets it done he does so Doug one has time to uh hang out with his wife i think he actually shows up at his son's football game yeah. Which is more like a soccer game for a brief moment a there. A football? A yes. football game? The football game. And uh, all the parents are screaming at this lawyer coach because he's like just over the head, can't get these kids to get done what he wants done. And, you know, they're all like, you should put my son in. I, I didn't pay $150 for my kid to sit on the bench for most of the game. And he's like, he got four rotations. That's all he gets. That's all I have time for. All these kids in the little league thing or little whatever they call the little tykes football. And then Doug is walking next to him, you know, 
sounds like he's consoling him, saying, yeah, you know, they just don't get it, blah, 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 blah. And in the end, it turns out Doug just wants to get his son in the game. Hmm. And that's when Doug becomes the coach. Magical. It is magical. All right. What's next? Now I think we're home. And she's making spaghetti. Yeah, and she's surprised that he's being so attentive and fatherly and cooking Mm -hmm. dinner. Yep. I like the scene with the daughter, uh, because obviously uh, Laura picked up their daughter from a karate class, Mm -hmm. and every time she he has to do something with his daughter, the daughter bows, so he bows to the daughter. It was Mm -hmm. very cute. Cute. Is this Doug number one or number two? This is Doug number one. Okay. So then we go to, um, Doug takes Laura out for dinner to his favorite restaurant. Oh, we missed something that I wanted to bring up. Oh. Hit me. When he was at one of the jobs, Eugene Levy pulled up in a truck. Oh, yes. And it said, dependable concrete. We did, yes. And dependable was spelled incorrectly, and I didn't know if that was on purpose. That's not yet. I have it in my notes before he goes out to dinner, before he takes Laura out to dinner. Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. I think you're right. Yes, so he's at the one site, Doug 2, and uh, he says... uh, Something about his watch being from New York on New York time. It says nine o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. And he's here on time where it says five o'clock and he's here on time. And he's actually an hour late. And this time Doug fires him. Yeah. And then, but then there, I thought it was, no, cause, okay. You got it mixed up. That's why I was wondering who was cooking dinner because it's Doug number two is cooking spaghetti for, uh, for them because he's really bad at it and he's being he's making a huge mess and regular doug is meeting laura for dinner i think that's what my notes say anyway your notes are a mess um laura was home with doug <laughs> okay now i'm getting confused now i'm confusing myself okay too many dinner, dugs at dinner too many dugs sorry too many dugs <laughs> at dinner both okay, this Doug's is this is okay. There. Sorry, I got it figured out now. Okay, the one the time when he's helping, taking care of uh, her daughter and being bad at bad at it is when he's getting her ready for ballet. Yes, and then he has to take her there, and he makes them take a photo of her, even though she looks like a mess. Right, that's and still then Doug number one. Regular, no, that's Doug number two. No, that's Doug number one because Doug number two called Doug number one, who was out on the golf course. To tell him he needed to go do this because Laura had something come up at work. And he's like, I was just about to tee off. And he goes, I, I don't know what to tell you, bud. Get it done. I thought it was Doug number two doing it because he's so bad at it. No, nope. And because Doug number two is bad at the fatherly thing, but he's good at the work thing. Nope, it's just Doug number one. He's also bad at the hmm. doing the hair. And like he just was not prepared to be in this situation. And he was being rushed. Yeah, that's why I thought it was Doug number two. Because that's when Doug number one goes to meet her for dinner. Right after that. Nope. Okay. Nope, that happens, uh, maybe? It's right after. That's why I thought it was- Okay, so yeah, so the next day, she calls Doug at work, who's Doug 2. Doug 2 calls Doug 1. Doug 1's getting ready to tee off, and he's like, I don't know what to tell you, bud. He goes, I got stuff to do. You got to get it handled. Yeah. So then Doug 1 is bad with the kids, because he's rushed to- do her thing and do her hair and get her all set up for pictures, which when he gets there, finds out that they were actually moved to the following day, so mm-hmm. he didn't need to be rushed, and then he's like, you're, you're taking a pic. Get, get, the, get the camera guy. I feel like that was Doug number <coughs> two, because he had his leather jacket on. Is it? Yeah. You think so? That's why he was so bad at it. I don't, I don't 
I don't think so. I think it was duck number two. I'm not entirely sold on this. <laughs> we might have to go back and look. We might. Like, that's why, because I wrote my notes. I wrote, this Doug seems to be bad at things like cooking and get his, getting his daughter ready for ballet, while regular Doug goes to meet Laura for dinner. But that's not how it went down. I know. Because Doug number two is at the same restaurant as Doug number one. I know, one. later on. That was the dinner. Yeah. I assume he got there after Laura and... No, he was actually, looked like he was there first. Yeah, I don't know. And I think it was with the, uh, so when we meet Doug number two at work the first time, one of the ladies that works in the office was kind of uh, interested in his new pep and vigor. And uh, oh, yeah. so when, we, when we're at dinner now, so let's just jump forward to yeah, dinner. Yeah, let's just go to dinner. and Doug's taking Laura out for a nice romantic dinner, you know, so they have some time alone. They probably left the kids with the grandparents, as you do. And they're getting ready to order, and Doug catches a glimpse of himself sitting at another table with a co-worker that he knows, because obviously he works there, right? And he uh, basically tries to distract his wife, because Doug, too, is going to the washroom, so he needs to run in the washroom to say, what the heck are you doing here? A lot of fun things in the bathroom. Ah, yes. You know, like... uh, so they're both talking it at the urinal while they're both doing number one. And um, we keep skipping things that I wrote down. What did you write down? Doug being a dick to Laura <laughs> before he took her out to dinner. What was that about? Uh, this was another conversation about the job and him saying, because she, he told her taking care of the kids in house comes more naturally to Laura. This is at dinner. Was it at dinner? This is at dinner. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm all discombobulated. This is why so you're at running dinner, the show. <laughs> yes. So at dinner, he's, he took her out to butter her up so that he could ask her basically to quit her job, which is what the whole dinner was about. Right. Um, he says, you know, this isn't working out. I think you need to go back to being at home because you're better at it. And it was all because of his bad experience with the ballet. This is how I know it's Doug number one. And... um. The, she needs to go back to being home so he can go back to just doing the work and providing for the family. And she basically says, no, I'm not giving up my career, so you figure it out. I've been doing it for five years or whatever she said, and now it's your turn to help out. And it's not like you have to do it that often. And it's like right after that little fight, they um, that's when Doug catches sight of himself with the coworker. And Doug 2 gets up to go to the washroom, so Doug 1 says, uh, you know, just order me, you know what I like, order me anything with barbecue sauce. And he goes to meet him in the bathroom. So in the bathroom, he's like, what are you doing? He goes, what? He goes, I love this restaurant. He goes, I know, because <laughs> I'm you. And they're both going to the bathroom, and there's a cute little scene where, uh, well, not cute, but anyway. After they're done, they both have the same tick. And actually, they were both standing exactly the same while it they were using the bathroom. <laughs> it's not cute. And Doug one was checking out Doug's two situation to see if it was the same because, you know. Because he's a Ken doll. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Well, he's, he's probably not the a clone. It's the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Doug, in the bathroom, this is when Doug two tells Doug one that all he has is work and living up there alone. He has no friends, no nothing. He can't even be with his wife because it's, you know, his wife up to that point. And uh, it's just that, you know, like, he doesn't know what it's like to be that way. He just having work and having, you know, you're, you're alone. Mm-hmm. So Doug tells him he didn't know that that was a problem and they would figure something out. But right now, 
he needed to get whatever her name was out of the restaurant because he was there with his wife and they obviously can't be seen together. But first Doug comes out and then she she, had she intercepts used, him. Yeah, because she had used the restroom as well, mm-hmm. so they sort of ran into each other. And then they sit at a table with some old couple, and then Doug number two <laughs> goes over to Laura. Not only do they, not only do they sit at the table with the couple, she saw that his wife was there, so she's freaking out yeah. that your wife is here because Doug two was telling her that his wife was cheating on him, right. basically, with an, sleeping with another guy, even <laughs> even though it was just himself. And they actually both drink wine glasses of the couples at the table they sit at. They polish off their wine glasses in a fit of, uh, I don't know, whatever awkwardness mm-hmm. for the situation. So then Doug 2 comes out of the bathroom and Doug 1 is sitting with his date. And so Doug 2's got to go and keep Laura occupied so that Doug 1 can get this girl out of there. <laughs> and it's just a big big mess doug too basically uh at this point agrees to laura not quitting her job because he mm-hmm. doesn't know any of that conversation he's just like yeah honey sure whatever yep yeah i think you should do what you want to mm-hmm. do basically and then he kisses her to give doug one the chance to get the other girl out and they knock some people in the head doug tosses a salad inadvertently <laughs> he, uh, classic slapstick yep. goofiness pulls a tablecloth off of a table and th- they get out of there which leads us to what happens when they go back to the guest house or the guest room. Yep. Whatever. Don't know. Don't know how long time has ha- passed here, but Doug too is watching sports with non-matching socks on the couch in a very disgusting looking apartment. And Doug one shows up and he's like, Hey, can we talk? And he's like, yeah, you want a beer and throws him a beer. He's like, I think we're probably going to need another one. And, uh, he goes, you know, I listened to what you said at the restaurant and, um, Two, meet three, and in pops another Doug. I like this Doug best. Is it because he's so sensitive and loving? No, he reminds me of Allison from Orphan Black. That's why I like him. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the male Allison. He's really proper and really, he, he gets things done in his own way. He does. And he's it, very respectful. Yep. And I appreciate, I appreciate him. And he likes to do crafts and cooking. Yeah. I'll take a Doug number three. That's fine. Who wouldn't? He seemed to get the other jobs done, too, later on. Yep. So Doug three is going to help Doug out with the home stuff while Doug two's working so that Doug one can have some me time. That that was the plan. And, of course, Doug two says, are you nuts? Because, you know, now he's got two other Dougs to deal with. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of, uh, Doug, uh, Doug's out having his fun day while three's at home. Yeah. And then when he gets home, he goes to bed, but number three's in bed with Laura. Yeah. Well, it's really because mad. Doug one got carried away with his day. He was supposed to be home way earlier, but then he felt like he wanted to see a Lakers game. So he stopped at the Lakers and, uh, and uh, when he gets home, he's sneaking into the house cause Doug three should be out of the house so he can sneak into bed and when he gets into bed doug three is actually in bed and uh freaks out a little bit and doug one has to fall on the floor and this is where we come up with the rules that start making this movie funny <laughs> and uh they get him up to the loft and rule number one 
Don't is, sleep with Laura. Yeah, only he can sleep with Laura. <laughs> and that's the rule. That's it. The only rule. For now. <laughs> the one rule of clone Doug clones. Right. <laughs> Don't sleep, Don't with, sleep Laura. with Laura. <laughs> and uh, Doug 2's asking if Doug 3 did. And 3's like, no, I would never. And all this stuff. And 3 tries to tell him, you know, I was going to sneak out after she fell asleep. But I dozed off, you know, and all this stuff. And... He mentions that maybe she may have brushed by that area, but but I mamboed right out <laughs> of there. And he's like, she brushed? She's not even supposed to be in the area. And Doug 2's like, yeah, he mamboed out of the area, man. You know, so. I love Doug 2. <laughs> even though he's a slob? Uh, yeah. He's probably my type. It's fine. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> she likes those boys that are dangerous. And also Jeff Goldblum. Yes. <laughs> Life um, finds a way. I wrote, this is how we do it. Because <laughs> uh, they're having a party. So yeah, so we're past this here on these notes. Cool. Anyway, Doug 3 is a, an exaggeration of Doug's, as the wiki says, feminine side. But I would say That's his more... subjective. Yeah, I'd say his more emotional side. He's more in touch with his emotions, whereas... And he's not a garbage person. Yeah, and Doug... <laughs> Doug 2 is more masculine, sort of, you know, the guy that men don't cry, sort of, side of Doug. That's situation. Um, Not you, just that. That what? Uh, never mind. I can't. Can't assemble I cannot the thought assemble phrases the words. and words. Uh, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> don't make that noise. It's really bad. So, anyway. <laughs> so, Doug is. Uh, living up life now so obviously the original doug now has all the time in the world to do whatever he wants so he's trying to learn sailing he's living his bachelor dream life without any consequences with no consequences which is not gonna bode well right so he's at home i think then we fast forward a bunch of time here so now things seem to be going okay uh but then we move like directly into a night scene uh, where Doug is sleeping, and all of a sudden... Oh, did I skip ahead too far? Sorry. No, no, I think this is actually just how the movie rolls out. It's, this they sort is of, how we do Yeah, it. and he starts hearing dance music yeah. from the loft, and he goes up there, and Doug 1 and Doug... Sorry, Doug 2 and Doug 3 have uh, girls over. Some ladies. As Doug 2 calls Doug them. Doug 2 is grinding hard on that girl. Yeah, and Doug... I was like, goo. Doug 3 is just sitting on the, the, the couch with the other girl being all nice and gentlemanly being a good boy he's being a good good boy and the girls don't even seem all that phased when he come when doug one comes in right they're like, they're like oh, how many are you <laughs> yeah you're just as cute as the other guys and doug's like are you guys nuts and it's the microwave girls is who two says they are from the like gas station or something yeah yeah classy yeah and uh classy pickup spot the uh <laughs> They, uh, Doug, Doug three is supportive of Doug two's wanting women over because, you know, that's the one thing that they don't have is women. Anyway, um, Doug, uh, he asks the ladies to leave cause they need to have a, well, act, first thing happens is they go and, uh, who are you? And she, he's like, what? You're just as cute as the other guys. And she goes, we were just hanging out here with Lance and, uh, Rico, Lance and Rico. And then Doug goes and says, I bet you're Rico pointing to two and two's like wrong bud. And he points at three <laughs> who's Rico. Cause two's Lance and the girls find it funny that he can't even tell the difference between his 
what they're assuming are brothers. Mm -hmm. So he asked the ladies nicely if they would leave because they need to have a family meeting. And (laughs) if they could, uh, if they could be so kind as to, because he's kind of wrecking their vibe, right? Harsh in their chill. Yeah. Harsh and harsh in their chill. (laughs) Wow. I'm now all of a sudden I want to watch Pauly Shore movies. Anyway. Don't ever do that. That sounds like a terrible. Well, you said harsh and they're chill. <laughs> That's a Polly Shore thing. Well, I've never seen a Polly Shore movie. Oh, in my really? Life. <laughs> oh, yeah. He he says a lot of those things. Anywho, he asks the ladies to please be kind and leave quietly because you know his wife is sleeping and he doesn't want her to know that that's happening. And uh, that would be bad. That would be bad. So uh, they both, and I love these women, scream by Lance by uh, Rico really loud as they're leaving because. He wrecked the party. Bye, Rico. Like that? Yep. Just demonstrating for you. Yes. I'm just trying to slide in whenever I can. (laughs) Beautiful. So Doug, Doug's like, you can't be bringing girls back here and walks right past another Doug, which he doesn't even realize at first. And my favorite Doug of them all. Everyone's favorite Doug. Everybody loves Doug. So Doug walks into the kitchen, then he comes out and he's like, huh? And he does this really weird double look move yeah and he's like one two three four and they're like doug we can he's like hold on (laughs) one pointing to himself two at two three at three he's like four pointing at this new doug math is hard yes yes and at this point we meet the latest doug who goes hi steve (laughs) (laughs) i love it and he goes i like pizza yep so we find out i feel a very deep connection to this doug do you because you like pizza. I also love pizza. Do you lick it like he did? No, but I do sometimes put it in my wallet to save for later. <laughs> this is where we find out that this Doug isn't quite all there mentally. He's got some marbles loose. Yes, he's got some marbles loose. And uh, Doug <laughs> 3 tells Doug 1 that they took 2 back and made a copy of 2. And you know how some his actual quote is, you know how sometimes when you make a copy of a copy, it's not as sharp as the original? That's what they're saying happened. But that doctor, uh, what was his name? Doctor uh, Dr. Quentin Travers. Yes, okay. Sure, we'll go with yours. Dr. Quentin Travers. <laughs> his real doctor leads was on board because, you know, he's a scientist and all. And then Doug 2's like, and he gave us a great deal on him. <laughs> and Doug 2 loves Doug 4. He thinks Doug 4 is the grace. He's like, what's wrong with him? Because Doug 2's like, nothing. Yeah. So they got Doug. It's like his little bro. Yeah. So they got the last Doug to basically take care of things in their home while they're off being working and or taking care of Doug's family. They need somebody to take care of things at home. And uh, Doug, uh, Doug Ford definitely has some learning disabilities as he's uh, licking a pizza, says he loves pizza, constantly calls Doug Steve, and uh, puts a slice of pie in his wallet. So, to a save for later. Pizza. Yeah, pizza. Well, pizza pie. Right. Oh. I was saying. Pie would be a lot messier, I think. Yeah, probably would. This is where our second and only last rule happens, which is rule number two. And then, of course, you know, Doug's like, we all remember rule number one, right? <laughs> he goes, no more Dugs. We're out of the Doug-making business. Now we just move forward. This movie's just like endless things moving forward. I swear. I feel like I need a break. No, we still have a movie left. <laughs> so many Dugs. We've got movie sign. 
So Doug is actually in earlier. We learned that he wanted to learn sailing, is sit, learning sailing in a little bit of a bigger boat. What a nerd! And he gets invited to go to to bring his wife and family to cattle, or his wife on with the uh, the guy that teaches sailing with. I'm assuming his wife. Yeah, Julie Bowen. Yeah, uh, to Catalina, it'd be romantic. I would and, hope it would be his wife and not his like weird mistress person. Yeah, well, you know, it just seems like there's a larger age gap there. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Don't harsh their chill. <laughs> they could, yeah. Well, they never made it anything about it. I don't, you know, it could have been his daughter. You don't know, but I don't think it was. I thought they were like arms around each other. Yeah. So anyway, invites Doug to go to Catalina with them on the big boat, and he and his wife can come, and then they could disappear off to somewhere, and they could make love on the deck, and it'd be very romantic, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, Doug thinks it's a great idea and uh, wants to try to get his wife on board, but still needs more Doug time. So now Doug is all of a sudden getting very selfish in this movie. Doug time. Okay, Doug. Also, you want to leave those three clones alone? Like, are you crazy? Well, that's his plan. So his plan is that Doug 2 is going to work overtime. Three. Sorry. Doug 3 is going to... Let's just call him Rico. Rico's going to work overtime. Rico's gonna be the homebody. Yeah. And two, obviously, or Lance, as we'll call him from now on, will uh, do the work work stuff. And uh, while Doug is off going on this boat trip to, I don't know, figure something out, he needs to collect his thoughts. He needs his man time. Ugh. That noise, exactly. Yes. He doesn't need all these thoughts to be collected. It's kind of silly. He has an awesome wife. Yep. And some cool kids. Yep. Anyway. And three clones. And three clones. So. Right, Suki? He, uh, <laughs> we find out that this boat trip is not the greatest for Doug because he obviously suffers from motion sickness and is spending the majority of his time over the edge of this boat. Tossing hurling, those cookies. Yep. Tossing the cookies into the beautiful, beautiful ocean waves. And it's here where we start to see that Laura, because while Doug's tossing cookies. We're watching what's happening at home. And Laura's starting to notice that there seems to be like all these personality changes in Doug all the time. So Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, when you're at home, you're sweet and loving and you're making dinner. When I call you at work, you're like kind of off putting and short with me. And she's like, I just don't know what's going on and all this fun stuff. And uh, she wonders if, you know, they're dealing with multiple personalities whatever yeah bipolar uh, she uh how did this whole night start um she felt bad about something yeah but she chooses to seduce number three yes but what was she what was she i don't remember the details something went down that she felt you know very special about so she's they had a fight whatever yeah and the whole plan was that Two and three were supposed to act sick if they came into contact with Laura. Uh-huh. At, like, that time they had that virus. Yeah. And cough a bunch. So he tries to do that, but it does not work. She's very determined. She's very determined. And oops, they do it. Yep, oops, they do it. And she's like, she goes, it was so surprising when you you cried midway through. (laughs) It was just so emotional. I'm so in love with you. I have a question. Yeah. Is it considered cheating if it's your clone? (laughs) (laughs) can it be i don't think it can be i don't know it's so it's it's a weird line to draw it is a weird line to draw because it's still you yep but you are not present because you have a different 
like your I your can. memories are yes. different from a certain point. Yes, I'm. You're your own personality. Problems right now. I cannot form <laughs> words right now. I think hey, in Steve, how's it in going? A, in a close situation, I don't think you could say she was cheating. Yeah, but then you think about other clone situations, like okay. Orphan Black. Yeah, it is considered cheating that Paul slept with Sarah when he thought it was Beth. But Paul knew it was Sarah. Not the first time. Well, shortly thereafter. He <laughs> said, he claims later that he knew it was Sarah. No, he just knew there was something off about her. That was all he said. Oh, that's true. I'm just curious, because, I mean, at a certain point, like, they were made from the same person. But now they're all different But they're people. all different personalities. That so nature versus they nurture. They are their own, they become their own person. So to me, I would say, yes, it is cheating. Well, we'll make sure that you never have to deal with a clone situation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sookie's laying down next to me on the floor showing me her undercarriage. <laughs> so Laura uh, seduces, obviously, I'm going to call him Rico. <laughs> and then uh, she says, you know, it would be great after this. It would be graham crackers and chocolate milk. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Do you have any? No. I could go for I some. have a lot of Kit Kats and heart candies from oh, hey. uh, last night with valentine celebration with one of my ladies yummy i think i might have to have some kit kats later so she's downstairs having her supposedly graham crackers and chocolate milk but when three two i'm gonna call, let's call him lance lance is trying to find something to eat but everything in the annex whatever you call that above garage apartment uh is gone because number four apparently is a bottomless pit and is eating the only food left in the house, which was Captain Crunch, I think. So kind of no. like Helena. Yeah. He just eats everything. Sorry, I'm making lots of Orphan Black references. It's, but, it's amazing how similar they are. They're kind of similar. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he's like, you know, screw it. I'm going to go and sneak into the house and get something to eat because I'm starving. And I can't blame him. He runs into Laura. How about some Grubhub? Deliver it to the loft above the garage. It's 1996, Stephanie. Grubhub wasn't Darn. around yet. Well, why doesn't he go down to that gas station where he met those ladies and get some I, microwavable food? He didn't wanna. He would have had to get dressed. So anyway, he goes to sneak Fine. in the house and lo and behold, who's downstairs but Laura not eating graham crackers and having chocolate milk, but instead licking chocolate off of a spoon. So <laughs> don't know what's going yeah. on there. And she asks if he had changed his mind and he's like, yeah. And then he's just so hungry he just wants to get something to eat and she's like he's uh, hungry for something else then well she's still hungry for something else and yes and then he quickly becomes hungry for something yes. else and he tries to do the cough thing but he doesn't really want to do he the cough care. thing <laughs> and he's like you know and she goes to get up and then he's like now nah, he pulls her back down and then round two starts round two they busy bang in the living room they do because she reminds him of how they used to do it all over the house right? Yes. And Sookie's going to come and give her two cents in the microphone here in a second, it seems. <laughs> Hi, Sookie. So, and then we get to that little scene there where it's all, uh, that was uh, athletic, I believe was yeah. the, <laughs> the phrase. And he's like, I may have gotten carried away. I know. So, um, wow, she just wants to be in your she lap. She just wants to sit on my lap. Okay. Needy cat. <laughs> All right, Suki. You be good, though. Ow. So anyway. Okay. Um, 
and around this time, it's starting to thunderstorm outside. And she's like, we should go back upstairs. And he's like, yeah, I got some things I got to do, though. And as she's going upstairs, he screams up the stairs to apologize for, you know, or, or that he'd be up in a minute. And he's trying to tip off mm. three that she's coming back up. So he needs to hide. So she's none the wiser. And uh, she's like, the kids are sleeping. And, and uh, he's like, yeah. And he's, and he's like, okay. And she's like, oh, I left the windows open in the car. Can you shut them? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And she's going back upstairs. And he's like, and I'm, really, I'm really sorry about screaming with the kids. You know, off the stairs again. And uh, three, obviously, uh, gets out of bed and goes and hides in the bathroom. But while this is all going down, it's, you know, storming, lightning, thunder. Four is kind of scared. So four, because he's like a puppy. Yes, comes into the house to find Steve, <laughs> which Poor I love. Steve. <laughs> Steve, where's Steve? And then uh, Laura comes back downstairs, and she finds four, who's drenched because he was, you know, out in the rain. She's like, "Oh, baby, I'm so sorry. How could I have been so cruel? Let me get you out of those wet clothes." And then we get the little joke of, "Oh," <laughs> and then the. Uh, Four goes, and that's my peppy. And she's like, well, okay. And then, obviously, her What does he say? It's my peppy. My peppy? Yeah, my peppy. Okay, I missed that. <laughs> Weird. And then we're led to believe that uh, they went off to romance again because three... Boned four? Is in the shower, yeah. What? Three's in the shower, and he goes and says, I... <laughs> well, I guess that, that, that kills rule number one. I didn't know. I must have missed this whole part about her boning number four. Oh, yeah. That's. Yes, because apparently. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> thunderstorms aroused him. Anywho. I don't feel good about her doing that anyway. Well, she doesn't know. I know, but I don't feel good about the movie's choice in that happening. <laughs> well, they didn't show anything. You just, you it just know it happened. Matter. You just know it happened. I don't feel good about it. Two and three, fine. Four, no. Yep. Well, it happens. So now Doug's back. No, actually, no, I take that back. Number two is very sick. I take that back. So, yeah, so two actually bed. got sick from being out in the rain. Yeah. And number four and is taking care of him, which I would not want him to take care of me. Well, he can't go to work. So, three says he's going to go because, well, three tries to call in for him. Mm-hmm. And he puts on his number two voice and is like, you know, Dell, uh, I'm really not feeling good. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it in today. But as. Two had told Three that there's a big inspection that he needed to be there for, which is why he was going to go. So Three says, I'm going to go to work. You're going to stay home and get rest because he has 103 degree fever. And uh, Four, take care of him. And I'm assuming, even though we don't see it, at this point he talks to Laura to get her to reschedule the day because he needs to go to work for the inspection, a big, big thing. So Laura changes up her schedule. We find this later, but I'm assuming this happens. So we're with three at work and the inspector's asking questions about I think the question we have well he comes in he goes yeah this is hot and cold water pipes this is what we come into and he goes and this is uh yep this is a gas main and he comes back and and then Dell tells him you didn't answer the question he goes oh well what was it again he goes and the inspector <laughs> sounding very annoyed says the plans are specced for two inch gas lines you put in one inch why and that's the diameter, in case you didn't know, Stephanie. Thanks. I don't know how you know about piping. <laughs> I don't really need to pipe things, so. 
I don't worry too much about it. So anyway, even though Doug is a clone, or Three is a clone of Doug, it seems like in his new life he sort of just forgot everything he knows about construction. Or maybe it's in the world, you know, unless you're on the job knowing what changes are happening, you just don't know. Well, he was cloned from number two, right? No. Three was cloned from one. Oh. I wonder if it's like in Buffy when it's when you clone something and then you take I mean it's similar to this where you take something oh, man, words are hard today. <laughs> are they? Uh we're gonna do this episode. Never mind. I'm not gonna talk about this because we're gonna do this okay. Buffy episode another time. So anyway. Anyway. Cut that out, Brett. Three is a <laughs> Three's excusing himself from the inspector to call to and ask the questions because he can't answer them. And the inspector gets all ticked off about it. And uh, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm having them. They're going to come down and check everything out from scratch. You guys get your act together. You have to stop what you're doing now because just no more. And uh, basically, Three gets Doug fired from his job, which... Oops pisses off two and two goes and says you 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 know for 10 years you've been construction how could you not know simple things and he's like it's not simple well anyway he feels horrible now he's just like i'm fired i need to get in the house i need to get something to make myself feel better and that's when laura comes home and says oh you sick and he's like yeah i feel like horrible and she's like i reworked my whole day because you had this important inspection to be at and this is one, you know, he goes and says, well, what, you, th- you think you deserve a medal? And she slaps him, and uh, he feels Good. better about that. So that situation, okay, that doesn't, it's the beginning of the end of this situation going mm-hmm. on. So he POs her, pisses her off with the whole, uh, you, what, what, you think you deserve a medal thing. And then uh, we see Laura come out to talk to Doug, who now is number four. <laughs> sitting in the garage gluing something god only knows what and she's like i'm sorry she goes i feel like you know the the, you're different one moment you're sweet the next moment you know you're just mean and all this stuff and she's like and i feel like you're just not listening to me and all all that beautiful lovely stuff take tells him her deepest feelings basically yeah and then it's to number four so. so yeah and she asks him what does he want and he tells her he likes pizza. <laughs> and she says, what? And he goes, uh, I, I want pizza. And that, me was, too. that was the last straw. I'd get along well with Doug. Four? Four. So. Let's get pizza. And then she leaves. And clean up after us. She leaves. She walks out of the garage angry. And then Doug's back from his boat trip, gets home, and the other three are sitting on the couch in the house, and he's like, what, are you crazy? Yeah. What if Laura catches you? And Doug, <laughs> Doug like, two going. says, yeah, Doug, two says there's no, there's no worry about that. She left with the kids to go to her parents. Uh, and and he, uh, why is that? And he's like, well, because I kind of pissed her off. I was sick. And, uh, and then uh, uh, what's just, you know, that, oh, he, he was pissed off because, uh, three law got him fired yes that was what it was because neither two nor three actually knew that she talked to four and this is where doug has his moment of enlightenment finally yes where he realizes he's been a crappy husband yep and so he's sitting in the kitchen now he has nothing left to lose because he's lost his job so he might as well start being a good person yep 
So he's sitting in the kitchen wondering what, what he had done, why, how he let himself get this way, and why she's so mad at him, or what, what is, you know, how did he go wrong with her, and four is eating everything in front of him, I think it was spaghetti and was soda, and he goes and says, because you don't finish things. And he's Freaking like, insightful. Did, did, did she talk to you? And he's like, she said she talked a lot, and he drinks his soda. She goes, well, what else did she say? And he's like, I don't know. So Doug takes some soda and pours it in the glass, and he drinks it. And he's like, she goes, you, you, you don't finish things, I think it was after that, or something about not listening or something. And he goes, what else did she say? And he's like, I don't know. And he, now he suggestively puts the glass on the table. And Doug fills. So Doug is basically bribing him with soda mm. <laughs> to get him to give more information. And uh, he gives him a, like a big half glass, which he drinks and loves. And he's like, uh, he basically tells her that it's because she, he doesn't fix the house. He's, he doesn't, you know, listen, all this stuff. And um, Doug is like, you know, that's his big, I gotta, you know, I've been thinking about the things the wrong way and realizes that she is what he really wants in his life. Not, you know, all this time for himself. It's her. And he gives him the uh, bottle and says, I'm going to get you something really nice. And <laughs> Ford goes, a chainsaw? He goes, yeah, or a book. But it's going to be really nice. <laughs> and... They hatch the plan to win her back. Which involves doing all the construction on the house. Yep, so basically... Up. And he, I like that they all have labeled shirts now. Yeah, so he goes and gets shirts, one, two, three, and four. And uh, he says, we're going we're gonna to win my wife back, and we're going to do the house. And he calls in Dependable Concrete. <laughs> Depend-able. Oh, oh, I love this part of the movie. So... They're all doing the work. So you have your, your montage. This is your montage of construction. I love montages. Yes. So this is your mo- construction montage going on. I wish we would have had another montage earlier in the movie where it was just them just and their shenanigans, like the four of them. There were no shenanigans. I know, but there could have been. There could have been. That would have Where they're fun. all trying on different things. Yeah. It would have been pretty cool, I'm that sure. That would have been cute. So anyway. Oh, where's my note? I know I took a note on this. Ba 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 ba. Zubidi zubidi zui. Yep. I I just can't figure out. It's in here. Time I know here. Oh, so okay. So we see Richard, played by Eugene Levy, showing up at the house, uh, and then awkwardly parking too close to the shrubs and having to walk through them. But my favorite line in the whole movie is he walks up and says, you said to be here at 8.15 and I'd like you to note the time. And Doug looks at his watch and he goes, it's 9.30. And he's like, what? What's wrong with this thing? And basically <laughs> all pissed off with his, his watch. <coughs> and it, oh, a pretty funny thing. And he goes, so what are we doing? And he's like, well, we're replacing the driveway. He goes, and you've got your own guys? And he's like, yep, here they are. And it's all of the other Dugs, and Eugene's character is like, all right, let's go. Like, it's not even weird to him that he just looked at three other people that looked just like Doug, and Doug seemed very like, uh, I don't, I don't get, I, that's weird. I'm going to fix my mic. There we go. Anyway. So, they go and they fix the house, and it's, it's beautiful, and everything's wonderful. And the, yeah, the continuing the montage with, uh. The breaking up of the driveway to pour a new one and mm-hmm. and walls being taken down and, and roof work being done and things happening. Anyway, it's wonderful. And then they go to talk to Laura 
to get her to come back to the house. Yes, Doug and let goes. Let me talk about the fashion in this scene. Oh, please. Um, I'm really into this tight acid wash jeans with a billowy button down shirt tucked into them. Yeah. <laughs> Does that does that get your That's juices rolling? I just really enjoy that. <laughs> not in no, not in that way. As in a <laughs> this is a ridiculous look. Please untuck your shirt. Yes. <laughs> way. So he basically goes and says, "I'm not going to beg, and I want you to just come home and you know see what I've done and I've been thinking and all this stuff and you know." And she's like, "I don't know." And then he begs instantly, obviously, because that was his whole plan from the get go. Was he was going to beg. And uh, he takes her home, and the house is gorgeous, and everything she wanted is done, and there's even a nice little pond out in the back, and and things are looking really good, and he tells her, you know, basically that he loves her so much, and he's been not himself, and a doofus, yes, but, you know, that he just loves her so much, and they both have a very happy cry moment. Oh, they love each other, la la la, everything's happy. Yes. And then the three clones are in his car. Yeah, so then she obviously comes home because she's taking the kids somewhere. And uh, then he opens the garage door. And the three guys are in... Uh, I did. I took a note on this because I liked it. It's an Impala SS. Mm. Well, uh, uh, convertible. Fancy. And they're going to start their own life elsewhere. And Doug has, you know, found out what his, his life is really about. I think he's going to... He wants to start his own construction company, do small things. She'll continue to work, and he just won't be overworked like he was at his current job, and they can live happily ever after. I'm I also suspicious. forgot to mention, um, three makes sandwiches at some point. Ow. And, um, Sorry, that was a cat claw That in was my a leg. cat, yep. She needed traction. Ow. He asks three if he felt that she loved him more. And three assures him that, no, she loves you because I am you and you're me. So she's in love with you. When Doug is feeling like maybe he may have screwed up too much that she, you know, doesn't love him anymore. And so on the road, she inadvertently, they sort of end up side by side at a stop sign. And she looks over and she sees three Dougs in the car. And she says this line to her kids, you know how you can tell when you really love someone? And her kid's like, how? When everyone you see reminds you of them. All right, delusional brain. <laughs> yep. 90s movie logic. Then at the credits, we sort of find out what's been happening with the boys. Oh, those boys. They opened up a pizza place called Three Guys from Nowhere. Yep. Which reminds me of a Nick Cave song called The Man or oh, I can't remember the name of it now. I was had a so good tangent and now I can't remember. Wow. They no, moved to The Man from Nowhere. They moved to they moved to Miami, Florida. Yep. Opened the three guys from nowhere. Uh Lance and all and they're all doing their, their special names. So you got Lance is two, Rico's three, and they named four Lenny. That's appropriate. Yeah. And uh it's basically uh it's uh, Rico telling Doug what's going on. More that, news from nowhere. Yeah. Sorry, that was the song I was thinking oh. of. Lance becomes <laughs> the businessman in the shop and serves customers, enjoys the opportunity to meet many women. Of uh, course he does. Rico's the head chef and cooking up a storm and having a ball. And he says, Lenny, you'd be proud of Lenny because he is uh, helping around the shop, delivering pizzas. And in the morning, he delivers pizza or delivers <laughs> newspapers. 
and because he has to pay for out and then they sort of you're watching and then he's throwing Lenny pizza boxes. Dry, riding a bike down a street and he's throwing pizzas like newspapers because he screws up every once in a while but yeah probably constantly probably well he is special good job you did it i did do it i'm so proud of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, i i like this movie it's cute i mean it's a finding yourself sort of thing. Finding out what's important in life, I guess, is probably the story you're trying to get behind the it. The moral of the story. The moral, yes. It's one of those old 90s morals movies. Yeah. Movies today don't really have morals, do they? No, it's just blood guts and uh, intense scenes of intense aerobat- aerobatics and stunts. Acrobatics? Acrobatics and stunts. Yeah. It could be aerobatics. Is that a word? I'm assuming it involves a plane. <laughs> A plane doing tricks. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that is Multiplicity. Good job. Fun little movie. Little yeah, that's, dated. I, that's why I point out those dated things. <laughs> like, excuse me, but the woman is not meant to stay at home and watch the kids. Oh, oh, there was one more little fun thing. Yeah. Hold on. So Lenny calls Doug. Uh, Steve. Steve all the time. Yeah. Except for one time. He says, oh... Here, riff for a while while I look for my note. Oh, uh, riff. Hey, everyone. How's it going out there? <laughs> I hope Brad edits this out because I'm not really saying anything. He's flipping <laughs> through a paper. It's super exciting. Suki's walking by and now she's walking away and Brad is still reading his paper. I can't find it. He doesn't call him Steve at one point. I think he calls him Greg. Oh, yeah, it's Greg. It and I Greg. think, you know what? It might be Greg when they're doing the work around the house yeah. after the brick falls on his head, actually. Yeah, I think you're correct. So anyway, fun movie. Do you have anything else? Any other Wikipedia fun facts? Oh, I do. Actually, I take that. Yes, I was curious I was how they yes. want. Yeah, how do I was they do curious it? about how they went about doing this movie. Because there's a lot of Dugs in a lot of scenes. Yes, and there were a lot of th- scenes where there's Dugs in front of Dugs. So, mm-hmm. like when we were talking about, did they use the tennis ball method, like Orphan Black? Well, they did use something. So anyway, when we were talking about uh, what was it, uh, the Parent Trap? Mm-hmm. They had that nice defined line because obviously they were probably splicing film together right see so now we're in the era of digital wonders when this More movie, is movie made. magic that's not yes. disney visual, magic. visual effects and uh the visual effects were done by boss film studios and basically what they did was they would record their base scene so you'd have a person doing the, the background because they're layering so they did it by calling it layers so, like, in the shaving scene, it's, it's uh, Lenny, um, Lance, and then uh, Rico, using their pseudonym names. Um, so, Lenny scene is recorded in the bathroom, as it is. And then the other two guys are filmed in their spots in the same bathroom, sort of, but it's all green screened. Mm. And then in the computer, they put this all together. And some of the things that they had to do, like, they had to make sure that the lighting was the same for every recording of the scene, so you had no problems. Um, but the thing they did, which is really cool, and it was to help Michael Keaton do his uh, sync up his performance. They uh, instead of a tennis ball, they actually had a little monitor that, where they would play this the scene that he had recorded before it, and that would be 
at the eye level of where he would be in the scene, placed where he would be in the scene, so that, and, and playing back what he had mm-hmm. done so he could interact with himself. Hmm. So they did little pieces of him so he could get eye lights, sight, uh, what is this here, sight, Keaton's performance for screens. A motion control camera was greatly enhanced by the onset comp, uh, compositing system developed by Boss Film Studios. The system was integral for determining eye lines and blocking, as well as helping Keaton perform perfect his timing. So they would uh, have a little thing so he could see himself. It'd be at eye level so he could be looking at himself. And he's actually just watching his previous performance and then acting with himself. And that's how this movie actually has a really good flow of eye contact and interaction with each other. Mm-hmm. Like when he's in the bedroom saying that, you know, she should have never been in the area. And he's like, but I mamboed out of there. And then Keaton in the bed's like, you mamboed out of there. So you got, it was just like, he was able to, from the first, the background film, act around all of that. And yeah. it really makes it really smooth. Yeah, I thought it was pretty seamless. I didn't see any wacky yeah. missteps or miss. Where you're sort of not, they're not quite looking where you right. would be. Or, or some sort of like an arm disappearing, for example. <laughs> that never happens in movies. <laughs> what are you talking about? So yeah, but the the really cool thing was all the for me was you know the same guy being in front of a guy. Yeah. So like when the doctors were talking, he raised up his hand, and you know his hand was in front of the guy standing at one step behind him, mm-hmm. like right in his view, because of how they went about doing all this i think they did a similar thing in orphan black whenever there was multiple clones like they had the tennis ball thing right but i think that they would also layer the the scenes on top of each other like the dance scene for example in end of season two where they're all all of them are dancing a different dance but they're all together and interacting with each other in a way but yeah there's there's, i think there's some behind the scenes shots of them bringing in some green screen to to they record all them individually and then splice them together but then they're yeah so yeah it's It's amazing how things have progressed yeah props to all the the movie magic people who make that happen yeah it's pretty cool because without them you'd just be talking out of tennis ball it's true and there's no there were no weird, like, green screen lines I saw. Like, right. normally when you're watching people do green screen, there's weird lines around them. Mm-hmm. It yeah, all it was seemed pretty, pretty natural. Yeah. Good job, multiplicity. And, and only a few back-of-the-head gags where they use stand-ins. Mm-hmm. So when the Impala comes out of the garage, there's three people in the car for Keaton talking to them. Yeah. That's stand-in actors for back-of-the-head shots. But, yeah, all the f- it, very little of that when it was all said and done. Interesting. So, is that all? That's going to do it for us this week, Alrighty. I think. Um, we'll see you again next Tuesday. But uh, as always, feel free to tweet at us or follow us on Twitter. With uh, we are at C double pod on Twitter. S e e d o u b l e p o d. In case you don't know how to s- don't know spell. <laughs> well, because sometimes I think C double. I always think of C w. Like the network. Oh, okay. So I don't want people to get confused. Yes, S E E. C double. C as in visual. The word. Double. C. And you can email us at C double podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and please rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you to Wendy and Jay 
who did that for us. Oh, thank you very much. And now we actually have an official rating. We're 5.0. So keep keep going with those great stars, guys. Mm. And as always, you know, find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next Tuesday. I'm Stephanie Kretz. And I'm Bradford Barth. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>